What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 350. Huzzah! Mr. Summich, how you doing, buddy? I'm excited. I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited for this week, man. We got the draws out early. We got some stuff to talk about about next weekend. I'm pumped up. Let's go. Let's do this. I am too. Yeah, we. Uh, this is why we keep harping on having the Monday draws for Saturday races. Yeah. Um, Rebel was, I mean, the Rebel itself wasn't great, but it was great that we got it early. Risen Star, we had the whole week to be excited. We've got nine stakes races, eight of them graded. Plus, we've got Santa Anita. I mean, it's just like we've got all week to talk about this. I haven't been this excited for horse racing in a long time. Yeah, it doesn't suck. And I mean, like, it's, it's going to be an awesome weekend. Uh, there's 15 stakes races over the Stronic tracks. We've got, you were mentioning, there's four preps for the Derby. There's four preps for the Oaks. Like, it's just going to be amazing, man. Yeah, doesn't matter. look good. Look at that. New computer, new camera. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He, he glammed up on me. I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah, I got a new, uh, got a new computer yesterday. That'll be the, well, since you said it, then I'll make that the best thing that I saw is this is a brand new uh, iMac sitting here. Um, this screen is I'm like, I'm holding it out. Like this is how wide the screen is here. And then my tablet is about this size that I was doing everything on. So now I'm doing video editing like this. Forget the camera looks great. This is just the one that's built into the computer. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this is going to be great. So we got uh, even better content and less technical failures on the Magic Mike show. Less? No. Not not none, but, but, but fewer. <laughs> and there'll be at least two today now. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But it, it looks great. And uh, yeah, new Thanks. computers are always fun, man. Uh, and I'm not an Apple person. Is this like, so this is your first Apple too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how this goes for you. You have to let me know with, uh, what you think of it because I'm, I'm not an Apple guy. I've always been a Windows guy uh i'll be honest this is making me this could make me a convert this thing i've, I've had it for less than 24 <laughs> hours plugged in uh, yeah i'm already like listen this i get it i get it that's kind of the problem why i was anti-apples because i knew once i got into it yeah shit <laughs> you get pulled sucked in you just sucked it yeah you still yeah. have an iphone go get a freaking iphone man so our group chats are not ridiculous um best thing i saw this one's actually really easy we often talk shit about different companies, ADWs, things like that. When one does something right, I want to make sure we give it props. Uh, I mentioned there's 15 stakes races across the Stronic tracks this weekend. I would give Stronic some props. Uh, Express Bet and Stronic are doing some awesome things. We've got so they've got a, a tournament on Saturday, $3,500 buy-in. They've got a, a feeder on Friday that's 400 bucks. They're giving away a Pegasus seat, an NHC seat, and a BCBC seat on Saturday, which is absolutely incredible. Um, and then on top of that. They're giving away five million bucks if you pick the winner of all fifteen stakes races, which is obviously ridiculous. But at least it's five million dollars for free. And then I love the fact that they're doing two pick fives: one for all the turf stakes races, one for all the dirt stakes races. One dollar denomination, the minimum bet, with a five or fifty or twelve percent takeout. So low takeout, high base, all stakes pick fives. I, I like super happy with what they're doing. And then they just put the little cherry on top. 
We've been talking about this for months. Mandatory Monday. You got to do it. Golden Gate finally listened. Monday, they're doing a mandatory payout of the pick six. So now, Friday's a big racing day. Saturday's a big racing day. Sunday's a big racing day. And we got a mandatory at Golden Gate on Monday. So I like, way to go, Stronic Express bet. Yeah. Well done. Really happy with you. Yeah, very excited. And uh, if you missed the interaction of the tweet that, that went out over uh, yesterday on Sunday, um, Mike and I are going to be covering not one, but two of the uh, the big stakes, that the sequences they have that pick five. So one that's all dirt, one, dirt, one that's all turf and one that's all dirt uh, will be a lot of fun. So I'm excited about that. The, uh, the Mike and I were talking, we're probably going to enter in that tournament as well. So um, I don't know how big it ends up getting, but I, is this something, Mike, that we can promote as like, you know, try and compete against you and I. I mean, you compete against Mike Samich, seventh in NHC, and his co-host. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, well, uh, the one on Friday, I'm not sure how big it'll get. I think they're giving away one seat for every 35 entries, something like that. Uh, Saturdays, I mean, I think they're expecting like 120 people. Uh, there's a there's a cash guarantee on it. And then there's also seats for, like I said, BCBC, NHC, and Pegasus. So really awesome. It's just the two. They're, they're Fridays is a win place tournament. Then Saturday is it just the Gulfstream and Santa Anita races. So really cool, really good job uh, by both Santa Anita um, and Gulfstream putting all this stuff on. And, and and like I said, I think if you I think you have to have an express bet account for the five million dollar bonus, but it's a free shot of five million bucks. I mean that that doesn't suck. Uh, Dr. Tang wants to know where the tournament. Yeah, let's get Dr. Tang in there. I'd, I'd already love the chance to finish. I'm already going to be second going to go up against you. Let's, let's put Dr. Tang in there. I'm guaranteed <laughs> third. That's great. Um, uh, one other thing that's great as well, we talked about uh, with Goldstream and Sanita, what they're doing because they're owned by the same track or the same company, rather. Uh, the San Felipe got moved up. And the first one I saw the overnights come out, I was like, race six for the Derby prep. Like, come on, that's what you do. And then all of a sudden I realized it, you're doing an hour block where you've got the Fountain of Youth and the San Felipe together, which is just wonderful. And we've also got the Gotham at Aqueduct uh, that'll draw on Wednesday. And I'm sure they'll hopefully Naira will try and put it right around there. So we're going to have three Derby preps, just bam, bam, bam. Uh, it, it's just so exciting to be a horse racing fan right now, Mike. It'd be great. I mean, obviously, we'll be live on, on Saturday as well. It makes our lives a lot easier for having one show versus two and the different time changes. So, yeah, no, I really appreciate what they're trying to do and how they're trying to make this. Like, I love the monster days that we have at Saratoga on those big Saturdays. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Derby Day and Preakness Day, you got these stakes. And it's like, it's really cool to see two tracks, one on each coast, trying to combine it and make it just one super day. So really interesting to see how it works out. Really excited to get into those pick fives, man. It's going to be a fun week. And Mike and I, after we go through, talk about the uh, some updates on the Kentucky Derby after the Rebel Stakes and then after the Honeybee Stakes, the Kentucky Oaks. We'll do that a little bit. But then we're going to talk about the Fountain of Youth and the Stan Fleet because they drew, because it's Monday and it's beautiful and we love it. So let's get into it, Mike. Riders up. First, let's go talk about the uh, the big race Saturday at Oakland Park that we were all excited about. The Rebel Stakes, a grade two race worth a million dollars, 50 Kentucky Derby points. And it seemed like New Grange, who was the Southwest Stakes winner, returning four to five favorite. A lot of us had him singled. A lot of us played him pretty heavily. And, and a lot of us going, what the hell happened here, Mike? Yeah, this is a head scratcher because, I mean, if New Grange shows up with a, a B minus effort probably wins this race. Um, it, like it, this was a stumble bunnies down the lane. It was an absolute mess. Unoho ends up getting up to win. Um, and I guess flatters the Remsen. <laughs> I don't know if I'm really willing to say that uh, in early voting and the winner of that race. Uh, but it, it was one of those races. It just looks like it completely collapsed. It's interesting because you have uh, Ethereal Road who was out on the way on the outside, the 10 horse who makes this move and clearly made the move against Newgrange. 
like the plan was I, I need to beat this two horse. I want to get the jump on Newgrange. Gets the jump on Newgrange, but just doesn't have enough gas in the tank then to be able to finish off the race. And so it was interesting to see him take the lead and then kind of fall back afterward and, and, and move out of it. So just a mess of a race, man. I, I want nothing out of this. I mean, that's my main takeaway here is that like literally draw a line through every one of these horses because I, I want no interest moving forward. Anyone who comes in for the Arkansas Derby as a new shooter, I think, is more interesting than any of these horses. Yeah, this was uh, – oh, boy. Uh, and, and poor Barbara Road. Poor Barbara Road. But a nose away from second uh, for the fourth straight race. Uh, the horse always tries, and there's always an excuse. Um, we, we did a great job of at least assuming that Barbara Road would get hit the board. And the Kavad, you correctly called. You said he's going to hit fourth. So if you keyed him there in your super and just went all, all Barbara Road on the super, uh, Mike gave out a really nice ticket. That's <laughs> right. Zero yeah. credit for that one. It's one of those. It's, it's a scenario where, and, I, and like, I don't remember who mentioned this on the live show, but it, it felt like either it's New Grange or it's anybody, right? And, and this definitely was not anybody category, where because like, I, I, you, yeah. it was hard to make a case for me for horses like Dash Attack, Ben Diesel, Barbara Road to win the race, because New Grange would have to put in like a, an F minus effort, and he tried, and then no one would have to be decent behind, like the, of all these new shooters and. And that's where it was so hard because if, if Newgrange doesn't fire, which he didn't, it, it's like, okay, well, who am I going to pick, right? Who do I actually think is good enough to be able to, to beat this horse and get this get, the, get it done? And it just – I mean, I never would have gotten to Unoho, so I don't even feel a little bad. I said that on the live stream. Like, if sometimes when you lose, you're like, ah, I could have been there. I'm never getting to this horse. Right, yeah, that's exactly the case. If you're like, Unoho, no, because, you know, I didn't like the race that he was exiting that much. Uh but then, as JL says, early voting now down to 18 to 1 in Offshore Futures Derby Pool. Talk about an overreaction. Wild, man. I mean, I, I realize Unoho winning obviously flatters that race, but it's not like we're out there hammering Gilded Age after this, who finished third by a head in that race as well. And like I mentioned this on the stream too, like I, this is an interesting derby, the pace wise setting up, because you have early voting who wants to be out there. You've got Epicenter who wants to be out there. Um, there's quite a bit of speed that's going to be in this race. That uh, I can't remember the California horse. We're going to talk about him in a second here. Uh, and Sam Philippe, who, who won wire to wire last time out, beating three Bafferts. He wants to be out on the lead. You, you have four or five horses that want to be on the lead. Um, and then you have Wade Barrio who wants to stalk. You have a couple of these horses who seem to want to stalk. I think Emmanuel is actually going to fall into that group as well. We'll talk about it a little bit later. So it's just, it's interesting to see how this is going to actually play out. And here we have a look at the, uh, as I try to figure out on a Mac, if anybody knows, hey, I figured it out, how to zoom in on a Mac. Forbidden well, Kingdom, there we go. Thank learning. you, Green. Yeah, Forbidden Kingdom is uh, in the same fleet we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, here we go, your Kentucky Derby leaderboard. Uh, Mike, our boy Epicenter at the top there, winner of the Risen Star Stakes, a close second in the LeCompte, winner of the Gunrunner Stakes. That's where all those points are coming from. No question. This horse is in in a normal Baffert riddled Derby year that he's in with those points. Uh, Unoho. Wins the second 50-pointer, so he's there, the four points from getting second in the Withers. And then you've got Smile Happy, Ethereal Road, Barber Road. This is going to change a lot because we've got four derby preps this weekend, and three of them are worth 50 points to the winner. So this is going to change up a bit, which is nice because, good God, this is kind of gross. It's not impressive. I mean, slow down Andy down there in 13th, and you think about his effort last time in Louisiana, and it, it makes you scratch your head. Uh, Archie bringing up a good point here. At Secret Oath, I think we have to talk about at least a little bit. If we're going to talk about these these Oakland horses, Secret Oath was the best three-year-old at Oakland over this weekend. She mm -hmm. looked awesome uh, winning that race and, and was over a second faster than the boys. Now, the weather was obviously different when the boys ran versus when she ran, but she was still by far the best uh, three-year-old that we saw. And it's interesting. 
it's almost like D Wayne's horse in the, the latter race with the boys is going to keep him from secret oath going to the Arkansas Derby, which would be a shame. He had some quotes today saying that the plan was that uh, Ethereal Road is going to go to the Arkansas Derby and Secret Oath is not. Mm-hmm. Do we believe him? Do we think that you do end up seeing Secret Oath there? But where's your head at here? I really do because he's made it clear from the get-go that this was the owner's call. Like he said it in interviews before the Honeybee, after the Honeybee, after this race, that it's the owner's call. If he had a decision, she'd go to the Arkansas Derby. Um, so for him to come out and say that today, not even try and have – four or five weeks to try and change their mind. Then you come out and say that today. I'm like, Gosh, okay. They probably very firmly were like, we want that grade one Kentucky Oaks victory for her. That sounds what that to me, that's what I'm reading in the tea leaves. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Cause if you take a shot, as weird as this sounds, the triple crown race, you take a shot at the Derby because <laughs> the Preakness probably has the best Baffert in it. Right. And yeah. the Belmont, I don't know if she wants a mile and a half, right. Do we really want to do that? So it's like, to me, the best triple crown race is, is actually the Derby to take a shot with her. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. I'm not totally sold that she's going to not be in the Arkansas Derby. I, I agree with Archie down there. There might be some gamesmanship here trying to keep that field weaker, and then she shows up. Um, we'll see, though. I mean, because like, at the same time, you almost want to say, yeah, she's going just to scare anyone off, too. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that, that this came out so quickly because it seemed like in every post-race interview on Saturday that D-Wayne wanted her in the Arkansas Derby. Plus, I didn't mention it on the uh, live stream, but the social media like attention that will come from this just in, in general. I mean, uh, I know they're not uh, uh, attention seeking owners or connections, but it'd be so easy to get swept up in, in the, the drama and the derby fever. And everybody wants to see a Philly. And it's like, hey, there's no Baffert. Let's let, we're all looking for a really good feel good story. So uh, we'll see. I'm going to trust right now that because D Wayne came out and said it so quickly that that's what the owners want. Um Secret Oath gets a 92 buyer for winning the Honeybee Stakes. Uh, the Rebel Stakes an 84 for Unoho for finishing in 145.69. Uh, Secret Oath, same distance, 144.74 backwards, basically. Yeah, I mean, this was a, a pretty gross middle half of this race, too. I mean, they went 48 and then went 114, so 26 seconds, then 139. I mean, so the, the, the interior fractions here, uh, not great from a race from a race perspective so i just to me there's just nothing in here i want i mean uh, like I, I cannot wait to fade all of these horses coming back i, I made jokingly asked on the stream like what what price you know unoho next out I, i'm like 40 to 1 like it's, it literally would be, have to be that big for me to be interested in playing this horse back I will give a lot of credit. We didn't do it on the uh, on the live stream, but I saw some people who were uh, commenting on the YouTube video, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it before, we're doing our, our live reactions. If you miss it on the live stream, they're up on the YouTube, so you can see how we react to the Rebel in the moment. And uh, some commenters correctly called out, Ramon Vasquez, the jockey, he did what he was supposed to do. He saved every inch of ground with the horse that he could, and he got the trip and put the horse in the best position. So uh, he's a jockey that I know Diodoro likes to use a lot. Uh, he's Lone Rock's main jockey, so... Uh, he's a sneaky, sneaky good jockey, that Ramon Vasquez. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that Ray Lou. And, and, like, it's interesting. You have Vasquez, Contreras, Gutierrez. So all, like, to me are household names. I don't know if they're necessarily household names. But they're definitely not jockeys who uh, shipped in for this one. They're, they're, they're all proven jockeys around those circuits, the, the, the mid to lower tier circuits. Uh, let's real quick just talk about the Kentucky Oaks picture here because it's, uh, it, it kind of gets forgotten about. You see Secret Oath here uh, with 60 points leading Turner loose. Shahama won the UAE Oaks. Yeah, and she is now with Todd Pletcher. So she is going to be very aggressively uh, targeting the Kentucky Oaks. So 
I'm excited about her. If you didn't see Shahama win the UAE Oaks in Maidan, she's a beauty. And I really thought I was willing to play her against the boys in the UAE Derby if they hadn't shipped her. So um, we're going with that. Echo Zulu this is the big question mark here. Mike, at 30 points, we still haven't seen her. She's working out. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's tough because it, this is where you get so caught up in recency bias. Secret of like we're talking about facing the boys and looks awesome. Echo Zulu was dominant at the Breeders' Cup, right? Let's not forget about that. Like she was dominant. Um, I would still take Secret Oath at this point, but if she comes back as good as she can be at the top of her game, she, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if she's able to get the job done. It is going to be interesting to see what happens with Shahama as well. Um, man, Secret Oath is going to be tough though if she's there, right? Like, I, like you just watch that race and she just. It's geared down, absolutely cruised by all those horses, even with a little trouble too. Like it's not like she was able to just completely run her race there. She got stuck on the inside or stuck in in between, and then had to kind of check back a little bit, and then was able to get some room on the inside. But yeah, I, I mean, to me, this is right now. It's a two horse race in my mind between Echo Zulu and Secret Oath. Well, and Echo Zulu, you not only have the question mark of will she come back the same at age three, it, we still have question marks going into the Breeders' Cup was, well, can she handle two turns? Some people thought this was going to be uh, the filly that was trying to, the horse trying two turns for the first time that would lose as a favorite. So we went from having those question marks. She has that dominating victory, but it's questionable what she beat. There wasn't much pace, only a few horses. So a lot of question marks still about Echo Zulu. I'm curious to see what happens. Remember Todd Pletcher had Malathat off of just one race. Uh, she won the Ashland Stakes at uh, Keeneland and then went straight to Kentucky Oaks and won that. To me, two different horses. I thought Malathat was, was a bigger horse overall uh, at that point in time. Echo Zulu, a little lighter friend, but we'll see what happens. Um, there's nobody else really here on this list that really pops. Nest is the other Todd Pletcher horse that uh, is by Curlown of AP Indy Mare. So similar to Malathat's breeding, but this is definitely a division where, uh, oh, yeah, and our friend Awake at Midnight. Uh, definitely a division where we want to uh, wait until probably the Kentucky Oaks is drawn before we really start nailing down who we want to play, other than Secret Oath looking like a beast. Yeah, I mean, this is wide open, too. I mean, this this thing could flip four times by the time the race actually goes, too, just because of the so how few points there are right now on the list. All right, Mike, uh, let's fast forward. We're going to look ahead to Saturday now. We've got the Fountain of View Stakes at Gulfstream Parks, the 16th race that drew a dozen three-year-old Colton Geldings, plus an also eligible poor Gald. He finished fourth last time out in a stakes race, and your reward is you're on the outside looking in quite literally. So uh, in this field, we've got a mix of grade one winners. We've got horses that are taking stakes experience for the first time. That includes Emmanuel, who I surprised was the 9 to third choice. Is he going to be your top pick this early out? I don't know. Um, well, I will tell you, I will not be playing the favorite. I cannot believe Mo Donegal is your chalk on the on the twelve post. And I went back. And I, okay, Mo Donegal's gotten a lot of love since that race. So I went back and I watched that race. Simplification had a worse trip than Mo Donegal. <laughs> Simplification beat Mo Donegal. I like a significantly worse trip and was doing something for the first time after missing that break. Like, I'm not sure how people are like. Well, you know, definitely love Mo Donegal. Not going to play simplification. Uh, I'm between simplification and Emmanuel right now, based on the, the quick look at it. Now, I thought I was going to try and play against Newgrange, which I guess I wish I should have, although I, again, never would have gotten Unoho at this time last week. But right now, I, I mean, to me, it's it's simplification and it's Emmanuel that I'm, I'm interested in going into it. 
Uh, it's, I'm trying to pull up the field here, but I'm very curious to see uh, how the betting goes with this one because Emmanuel at nine to two is not even the second choice; is the third choice. Simplification makes sense to me at seven to two, and now he's getting Jose Ortiz aboard, which is an interesting new wrinkle because Javier Castellano. I don't know if you can blame him for the break that he, the the poor break, and it, he kept the horse engaged, and he almost, you know, he put in that really strong effort last out. So the move to Jose Ortiz and drawing inside on the two it makes him very intriguing. What do you read into that jockey change, though? Uh, I was kind of surprised, to be honest with you. Like, I, I agree with you. I don't think Castellano did anything wrong. The horse just didn't break very well. Um, so, you know, and it's not like Jose Ortiz and, and Castellano, one's a great breaking jockey and the other one's not. I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a lateral move in my mind. I know a lot of people that don't love Castellano. And, but, like, with this type of horse, I just don't – I don't think – as long as you don't screw it up, it's not that that tough of a ride to have. Um, I think the two post is great for simplification. Galt staying out of the race actually helps simplification quite a bit because it's more likely he's going to be able to get an easy lead. That two two post is a hundred percent send post. I think he'll go right to the front. Um, yeah, I, like I, I think it kind of as all systems go. The jockey change to me is is surprising, but not a negative or a positive. Uh, a couple of other horses that are interesting. Dale Romans has two in here, Howling Time and Giant Game. Uh, Howling Time is a horse that is probably going to show a lot of speed early as well, so adding more into that pace factor. Uh, uh, Giant Game is a horse that <laughs> kind of spit the bit in the turn, and they said afterwards in his last race that, oh, he had a displaced palate. He needs throat tieback surgery. If that happened, he came back awfully quick, and his workout reports have been a little uh, iffy to say the best there. So either of the Dale Romans horses, any interest there? No. Not even a little. <laughs> uh, one that is interesting to me, uh, oh, and we were talking no. about this right before we came on, and you know where I'm going with this. Rattle yeah. and roll, the six horse. We have a grade one dirt route winning horse who we haven't seen since then, but has reportedly been working very well. And he's 12 to one in this field. Uh, to me, it's almost like you have to play him because of that price. It just doesn't add up why he's 12 to one here. Um, I mean, yes, he's a grade one winner. but that was off a of maiden special weight where he didn't beat anything before that. Uh, he beat double thunder and classic causeway in that race. Now, obviously classic causeway has improved quite a bit since then. Double thunder wasn't very good at that time. I mean, we talked about double thunder quite a bit last year. I think we covered three of the races he was in. I'm not sure I'm going to give him all this kind of love. And, and again, like, yeah, 12 to one is a price you want on Kenny McPeak courses, right? In these type of spots, this is a tough field. Like, there's quite a bit in here that he is coming back against. You have a, a, a second off the layoff Pletcher horse, who I think is very good. You have Simplification, who just showed how good he was last race. And you're going to take Rattle and Roll off the layoff. It just, to me, 12 to 1 is probably half what I'd need to start talking about this horse. Like, I would want something between 20 and 25 to 1 to put, the, put Rattle and Roll on tickets. Four horses in due time, uh, owned by Edge Racing, which is a branch of the My Race Horse Group. And uh, last time out in an allowance race over this course, defeated two Todd Pletcher horses that were very highly regarded. However, neither of them were named Emmanuel or Mo Donegal, and these seem like different monsters here. Could you see in due time pulling another upset over a couple of Pletchers, or are you still leaning towards a Pletcher here? I do. I, I do think in due, in due time could win. And, and when you... We talked about this when I was I talked about this earlier when I was talking about the Derby of all these speed horses who can sit right off the pace. In due time, proved he can stalk off the pace and and pounce on a field. Uh, I think he's going to get that exact same trip. Uh, not this time, the sire, one of them that I love. I think the stretch out is going to be good for in due time. Um, and the horse loves the racetrack. And we don't know how good. I think it's a, what American Works and or Ironworks and American mm -hmm. something. American um, Icon. Mm -hmm. American Icon, who are the two Pletchers that he beat that day. We don't know how good they are. I kind of wish one or both had come back by now. 
because it would give us more idea of what to expect from in due time. But the fact that this is the race we're pointing to, knowing that it was going to come back strong, I do think this is a pretty strong race here. You're going to have probably four derby horses in this field. Um, shows a lot of confidence in in due time. And, I, you know, I think in due time is going to float up a little bit here because I do expect Modonagle to take quite a bit of money. I do expect Simplification to take quite a bit of money. I do expect Emmanuel to take quite a bit of money. In due time is the one that's going to kind of get pushed back a little bit. So, Mike, it's Monday, February 28th. We're five days out from the race. Right now, if I told you, who are you picking on top in the Phasic Tipton Fountain of Youth Stakes at Gulfstream Park, who are you going with? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. It's hard to go against. He just looks so good. Todd Pletcher has used Tampa Bay Downs. Allowance races as nice little springboards. He's won this race more times than I can count or remember at this point, but several times just even in the last 10 years. So uh, it's going to be very tough to beat. Uh, if you're looking to play the entire card at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, head over to racings.com. The inside track to the Fountain of Youth Stakes wagering guide is available for pre-sale. You can go check that out. If you're a subscriber to any of our monthly products, including the sum of bombs put together by this guy right here, you get this included for free. We're going to have these guides coming out almost every single week leading up to the Kentucky Derby and then the Preakness Stakes. So make sure you get those monthly subscriptions. These are all included for free. It's the best value we got at racingnews.com. Yeah, right. what he if said. You, <laughs> I, I forgot to tell you, this is also serving as the preview that's going on the channel later. So, oh, there you go. That's why, yeah, if you guys are watching live, that's why I suddenly, uh, this, this suddenly turned into blinkers off for a second. <laughs> I was like, um, that. What is this? <laughs> uh, here, we got some. I'll, I'll go back to your chat here. Uh, riding Emmanuel's Luis Saez. Yeah. Um, and Not a bad pick up reason too. Yeah. Yeah. Archie's yeah. with us. Um, JL, this is a good question. Uh, some talk about who's jockeying whom on the contenders. It's a little early for us to get serious about that, but this is something I promise you all remember. And Mike probably will too, as we get closer. Um, we just got to get through the 50 pointers here and get a clear picture of who's going where. It's going to be interesting to see who, who ends up on a lot of these horses too. Cause like Saya's getting them out on Emmanuel, I think is, is interesting. Cause you're just, you're not always sure who, like Pletcher has a couple go-to guys. And it's always interesting to me where Irad ends up riding because he's like four different trainers first call if they can get him. Um, so it's always interesting where he ends up. Saez, I think, on Emmanuel is a pretty good fit. Because Saez is, is a Johnny Tryhard type jockey. He always puts the horse in a good spot. He likes to stalk. He likes to be forwardly placed. I think that's where Emmanuel's going to be. So I think that's kind of a, a good match between those two. Um, but it'll see, be interesting to see kind of who ends up where because a lot of times that tips your hand on who the best horse is in those barns. All right, you ready for? F uh, I keep not found a view. Sam Philippe. Yeah, Wrong let's one. do it. All right, all right, seven. Okay, all right, Mike at San Anita Park on Saturday, March fifth. We have the San Felipe takes a Grade Two race worth a four hundred thousand dollar purse, but also worth fifty Kentucky Derby points to the winner. If you're not trained by Bob Baffert, he's got two of the seven entered <laughs> in here. But I will say it's nice to see Mike that this is a Derby prep at San Anita. They got seven horses. And only two of them from Bob Baffert, not a combination we often see here. You and I have a personal investment in the five doppelganger who was fourth in the San Vicente Stakes last time out to Forbidden Kingdom, just his outside the six horse. I don't see how, uh, as much as I love doppelganger, I don't see how you don't play Forbidden Kingdom again in this spot. What do you think? Well, I'll be interested to see what the prices are. Um, Forbidden Kingdom I, I, is a horse that I like as these races stretch out, I like less and less. And so it, each step forward is another question mark with him. And Doppelganger should be getting better going longer. So that, like you have one horse that's going to go in backward, one horse going forward. Um, and then you just got to wonder how Baffert's going to react to last weekend when, you know, if all things, everything blew up at Arkansas. He obviously wants to have a good weekend this weekend. So we'll see how, uh, how aggressively he goes after these horses. Uh, this is a tough race for me because I, I believe that Doppelganger is more talented, but man, I, I mean, 
absolutely wonderful race last time from Britain Kingdom. And so it's all about whether or not Forbidden Kingdom can get the lead uh, as easily as, as he was able to last time. And then if he's able to hold the distance. And, and those are going to be the two major questions going into the race. Yeah, Doppelganger, if you didn't know, is named at, he is a son of Into Mischief. And so they named him uh, Doppelganger because they thought that he looked exactly like his sire. Uh, his sire was a multiple grade stakes winner. So let's hope that he can uh, live up to that one as well. Uh, what's interesting to me is that Bob Baffert does have two in here and that the other one is Armagnac, a horse that broke his maiden uh, last time out his second asking. Over this course in distance, uh, Velasquez was aboard. He went gate to wire. Uh, the third place finisher one uh, broke his maiden next out, but Armagnac on debut was behind Wharton, who didn't do that well last time out in the Robert B. Lewis stakes, a very distant third, and then got Thunder, who is in a maiden special weight after this race on the card. So, uh, do you have any worries about Armagnac because this is Velasquez and Baffert, and they're striking it a little over fifty percent right now? I think this might be almost a rabbit to doppelganger, um, and, and that part of the idea was we don't want Forbidden Kingdom loose on the lead. Because uh, last time Forbidden Kingdom essentially ran in front of three baffers, right? Um, and, and none of them pressed and he was able to go wire to wire. I wouldn't be shocked if this is the response to that in a way where this is, and we've often seen the quote unquote Baffert blocker um, out in California where you have that horse that's going to kind of sit outside the pace horse and then push everybody three or four wide in that first turn. I wouldn't be shocked if this is kind of the Baffert rabbit and that they're going to send this horse uh, up front to just pester Forbidden Kingdom to make sure that the same thing doesn't happen in this race it did last time. Doug O'Neill, trainer's won uh, more than his fair share at St. Park and a two-time Kentucky Derby winning trainer as well. Uh, he's got Happy Jack and Worse Reed Sanchez in here. Happy Jack, interesting, because uh, last time out the Robert B. Lewis stakes field of five, he saw four horses in front of him the entire way and was never engaged. He's back here. Maybe the rail draw will help him a little bit, but uh, Worse Reed Sanchez may be a little more intriguing to some people. Debuted on dirt, didn't win, uh, but became a turf winner. Actually, was a nose away from being a two-time turf winner. He is by Square Eddie out of a tap at Mayor. So, yeah, turf makes sense. Dirt mm -hmm. distance starts to get a little bit questionable, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I want Square Eddie's one turn on the turf more than anything. Um, so the stretching Square Eddie's around to anything over a mile, you start to, to kind of scratch your head. Um, obviously, the, the bottom side with tap, it's great. But uh, it doesn't seem like either of these O'Neill horses are really going to be a factor in the end. All right, so we've, we've talked about pretty much everybody. Cabo Spirit, the seven horse, is a, a turf stakes winner who was second, a very distant second last out to Messier in the Robert B. Lewis stakes, but over this course in distance. And then you also have Beautiful Art who broke his maiden for or broke his maiden while in for a high price tag uh, sprinting. So out of this field of seven here, you're going on top with Doppelganger. What are you doing? I'm probably going to end up picking Doppelganger when it all comes down to it. I, I think it's a two horse race here. It's Forbidden Kingdom. It's Doppelganger, and the the, the I don't think Doppelganger was fully cranked last time out. The workout reports have come back absolutely stellar for Doppelganger that he came out of that race. and It's all systems go. I think you're going to see a different horse on Saturday. I think that Doppelganger takes a big time step forward. Uh, it's between him and Forbidden Kingdom. I feel like this is a race where you got to single one or single the other. I wouldn't go too deep playing them. So I'm probably going to be singling Doppelganger a lot of stuff here. So Doppelganger uh, on February 12th worked six furlongs, heads up with Country Grammar, who went and almost won the Saudi Cup last weekend. And then uh, on the 19th, he outworked Newgrange, which made me excited until I saw how Newgrange <laughs> ran in the Rebel Stakes. Uh, if you didn't see how we reacted to that, go to our YouTube channel and check out the Rebel Stakes reaction. It's a lot of fun. Um, so That's Doppelganger, I, I was a little nervous about that, but he did outwork Armagnac uh, uh, for his last work prepping for this. So they're both in here. I'm with you. I think Armagnac, it's a little bit of a rabbit spot. If we want to go for a long shot, I don't know if we're going to get 18 to one on Cabo Spirit again because he did get a very distant second to Messier, who a lot of people think if he wasn't with Baffert would be the number one derby prospect. So long, uh, long shot where you want to go. 
Man, I don't know. This is one of those. It's like, who do you want to pick for third, right? Um, yeah. It would probably be Cabo Spirit that I think is, is a, a live long shot underneath. I do think it's a little interesting that the inside O'Neill horse, uh, Happy Happy Soul, is in here. I like. It doesn't make a ton of sense for him to run that horse back in this spot. So I wouldn't be shocked if that horse outruns its odds. Although I'm still not sure it's going to be able to really compete to, to with the top two. But either the inside or the outside, if I'm looking for a price in third in the try. Make sure you check out uh, racingnews.com. We have the inside track to the Fountain of View Stakes Wagering Guide, which is covering all nine stakes races at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, March 5th. But as an added bonus, because of all of the Kentucky Derby action happening, we're also including full previews for the San Felipe Stakes and the Gotham Stakes, which will be at Aqueduct on Saturday. That's all included. Go to racingnews.com. Check out the inside track to the uh, Fountain of View Stakes Wagering Guide, available for sale right now. Okay. Sorry, forgive me for doing. I hate doing the ad stuff. Like it's so nice doing like we get in this the routine of doing a regular program, having to break and do all this stuff throws me off. Uh, but what's nice, I saw you guys in the chat. Um, at Cash LA Surf Forbidden Kingdom Gate to Wire. I've heard that both of these horses are working out very strongly, and I'm scared that you and I don't have the one with the early turn of foot because that's usually the one I want in that situation. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I agree that California usually want to be on the lead. We'll, we'll see what happens here. We'll see if they use more of doppelganger early in that race. I just, I still think, and this is this is a little crazy. I still think doppelganger is the best Baffert. Like, so we'll see what happens in this race. Um, and this will obviously, if he doesn't run big here, then then I've got to forfeit that to Messier. But I, I still feel like doppelganger is the best Baffert I have the whole time. And so we'll see if I'm right or wrong this weekend. Didn't ask it because I, I didn't know if it really mattered that much, but because I know your opinion personally on Forbidden Kingdom. I, well, you did kind of mention the distance being an issue. Uh, that as distance goes longer, you're a little worried about that. Uh, he's never gone two turns. Um, he, the way he finished the San Vicente would tell you he, he could have done like three laps and still been fine, but um, he does have to go two turns for the first time, so see what happens there. Um, yeah, that breeding American pharaoh on top tells you – I bet definitely turf. If this horse doesn't doesn't stay on the dirt and goes to turf, I think he could be interesting too. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, this is just me personally. I think I'm a little lower on American uh, or on, on Forbidden Kingdom than a lot of people. I think I'm a little higher on Doppelganger than a lot of people, and so I, I think that's really when you factor those two things in, and then you see what the odds are going to be. I think I'm going to probably be ended up on Doppelganger in that race. I do think it's a it's a fun race though. Like at least it's at least we're not just talking about a blowout winner in California. It's nice that it's like an actually interesting race to talk about out there. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. really great. Um man, it's that that you nailed it right there. I think that's partly why I was like excited. I was looking at all the stakes races and uh everything that's going to be happening over. It's uh it's Santa Anita and it's like I've been so down on Santa Anita lately that it's nice that they're like, I know this only happens once a month because that's the only time they can get all the horses together. But uh, we put all the horses together on one day and then every other race, every other race day, it's like three, four, five horse races. Like, oh, put everybody in one. Uh, is there anything else that you want to talk about? I realize we're just kind of almost like we stopped recording. I'm just sitting here shooting the shit with you. We should <laughs> forgot that we're doing the show. This is why I don't like to do these breaks. No, I don't like I think we kind of went over it all. Look, Secret Oath is the story of the weekend. She's the horse that we're looking at coming out of this last weekend to see kind of what happens. And then to me, it's just all about this weekend. We've got I, I don't know. It just it seems like it's a monster weekend. Even we have two tracks that have monster days in the Stronic side of it. Like we said, we had four of yeah. we have four different Derby preps, four different Oak preps. We've got the mandatory payout on Monday at Gulfstream Park. I'm sorry, at the Golden Gate. I mean, like it's it's just going to be a great weekend of racing. I can't wait to jump into it. Um, we're going to do a live show on Thursday, uh, and we're going to cover the Turf Pick Five on Thursday. We're also going to record on Thursday the Dirt Pick Five show. That'll be out on Friday. So we'll have a Pick Five on Thursday, a Pick Five on Friday. 
get your handicap and hats on and start uh, start getting to it there. The, the PPs are already out for that stuff. Um, or at least the draws. I'm not sure if the post positions are already out or the, the, the actual DRF PPs are out yet. Um, but like $1, 12% takeout. I mean, you're going to see some probably 200 to $300,000 pools at a minimum in these things. If you get one or two prices, it's going to pay because it, it, with a dollar denomination and a pick five, it, it's like strong. It's like the, the strong five. It is hard to get to some of these horses because you just can't go as deep as you want in some spots. So forced to make some decisions. And it's, I think it's going to be two great bets this weekend. Uh, let me pull it up here because they, they just to help uh, look at this, 15 stakes, the free contest, five million dollar jackpot. If you correctly guess, I mean, that, that you got to throw darts at the wall to try and get that. But yeah. That's horse racing, right? Yeah. We're just throwing darts at a wall anyway. Uh, good luck, right? <laughs> but, but hey, you know, it's, it's yeah. free, so whatever. <laughs> uh, this is what I was trying to pull up here. All right. Um, this is really is wonderful, and I thank you to uh, – got to give a shout-out to Nick Seavers, um, our boy who's been following us for a long time, long-time devoted uh, fan and follower. But he's the one that, at least for me, brought this to my attention, that you've got the two coast-to-coast all-stakes pick fives. Um, and here, now that the cards are drawn, now we can see them laid out for us here. So you've got – uh, the Palm Beach, the Honey Fox, the Buena Vista, the Here Comes the Bride, and the Kill Row at Santa Anita to end the turf. And then the Dirt, the San Carlos, which we're not getting flight line, which means this is actually a race maybe worth playing. Uh, Gulfstream Park Miles, San Felipe, Fountain of Youth, the two Kentucky Derby preps we just talked about, and then the Big Cap. So we're ending with grade Man. one races here. It's nice that the Beholder Mile is not in there. Um, that was that field does not look good. That's, that's, that's a clear single with a Baffert. So keeping that one out of this and that just, again, you want to take those races that are clear singles. You want to take them out of these because that's how we're going to cash big. You could have, uh, you could have one heck of a, a, a sweat in that the all dirt pick five there. Cause this, the fountain of youth, the 12th race at Gulfstream is probably gonna go out two hours before three hours before the big gap. <laughs> so you can oh have like a three God. hour sweat in between those two legs. <laughs> so, so as I talked about, that's a great point. So I mentioned that the San Felipe and Fountain of Youth are going to be within the same hour. So you've yeah. now got five races after the San Felipe before. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, at least here with the, here comes the bride. It's to race 10. It's a little bit. Well, better. it's 13. So it's the race after the Fountain of Youth and the race before the big cap. So it's an hour difference between those two. But yeah, I, I like these, these are going to be some fun bets, man. And like the fields will all look, look fairly solid, decently big fields, no obvious singles. Like this is this is going to be two fun sequences. That I think are both going to pay. Uh, what, what do you mean that they're they're not out yet? I'm on DRF right now. Man, Brian got me all excited. PPs are out. <laughs> uh, well, at least on DRF they're not. But listen, this is going to be a very exciting one. And like Mike said, the Thursday live show, Magic Mike Show 354, is going to be the turf one. Mike and I love turf. We know you guys love turf. It's a lot more fun and interesting to talk about the turf angles. I think so. We're going to do that one live, and then after that is done pre-recorded version that all dirt stakes pick five that'll also come out so make sure you guys subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the podcast however you find podcasts uh so that you get everything that we got going on because it's going to be a hell of a weekend it's going to be a hell of a time on the saturday live stream um i feel like i'm just going to need to get like one of those like camper chairs like when you go and you see like the fireworks i'm just going to put one of those here because i'm going to literally just camp my ass in the office all day and it's going to be glorious is this going to be this is going to be a, a profitable or an expensive weekend too just looking at that we're going to have like 13 race cards at both tracks that means we're probably going to have three pick fives in both places we've got these bonus pick fives or dollar denomination we've got a mandatory payout on monday which means we're playing on, on monday too uh i just just 
start breaking your piggy banks now. We'll just put it that way because it's going to be an expensive weekend. <laughs> well, just break the piggy banks because you're going to be investing it. But because exactly, you bought yeah. the inside track to the Fountain of Stakes wagering guide available for presaleracingnews.com, all of those invested piggy bank monies become a lot more human monies that you can yeah. then go and spend. So Then you buy a nicer piggy bank. And then you buy a Danhausen shirt. <laughs> uh, RacingNews.com slash sports. The dudes who bet sports is going to be uh, there. Be live at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern uh, today. So make sure uh, you do that. Yeah, Aaron is going to be drinking on the live stream. I think we're all going to be drinking a lot on the live stream uh, on Saturday. But yeah, dudes who bet sports, they'll be live at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you check them out. Uh, Papa Dude has been absolutely slaying it with the college uh, basketball and NBA picks. Um, he's had multiple nights in the last week or two that he's gone like perfect with the free, 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 the free picks at racenews.com slash sports. So all I got to do is go there and click on that. Uh, Mike, have you been doing any of the, uh, the basketball ones or just NHL? I've been doing the NHL. I guess it reminds me, I got to do it right now. Uh, when I, when I remember, so I've been doing it for the most part. I don't, the basketball ones, I just, I don't. I don't follow basketball enough to feel like, especially the college side. Like you have to actually really pay attention to that stuff to be able to handle college stuff. Uh, speaking of the NHL, and I'll just get political. Did you see that Dominic Hoshik said that he wants all the Russian players suspended? It's wild, man. I mean, there's like, there's a lot of stuff going on between with everything. Like it's, it's kind of crazy in the NHL side with all the different takes you're getting right now. Listen, there's a lot of craziness happening. That's why we appreciate you spending your time with the Magic Mike show. Uh, we're going to end this a little bit early, but listen, that's because we got a lot of work to do because we got two shows coming at you on Thursday. So we will see you then. Tune in to Dudes Who Bet Sports a little bit later on. And of course, racenews.com, inside track to the Fountain of View Stakes Wagering Guide, available for pre sale. Until next time, I am at Curtis Kellogg. I'm at Sound Bomb 18. I never I'm, say that, but here I am. I wondered if that was going to work. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it to you. Uh, thanks so much, guys. I'm Magic. And a mic. We'll see you Thursday. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday.